1: only at BJ's. Over.
2: Let's join
1: Bishop Kevin
2: J. Foreman. Over. 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 Ready for the word this morning? Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out. Hallelujah. Remain standing if you would flip open to Ecclesiastes chapter nine. Ecclesiastes chapter nine. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes it's a book written to the the Ecclesia, to the church, to us. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Uh, when you got it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you're still flipping, say, hold on. you in maps. You're in the wrong place. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. You have it. And I want you to go down to verse number 10. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, Do it with might. Somebody shout might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. In other words, he said, don't wait until it's too late to do what you can do now. In other words, stop putting off to tomorrow what you can do today. So he says, whatever your hand finds to do do it how? With might. Look at verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the rise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor of men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Look at your neighbor say, time and opportunity have collided for you. But what are you doing with it? I want you to go one more place. Go to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. We're not waiting on God to do anything. He has done everything. Mark chapter 7. Go to verse number 13. When you get it, say, I have it. Making the word of God of no effect or void through your traditions. Traditions there means your patterns and your habits. Which you have handed down and many such things you do. I want you to look at it again. Making the word of God of no effect, which means this, you you can read this every day, you can study this every day, you can look at this every day, you can listen to this every day, but if your habits don't line up, I, I, I need somebody that hears what I'm saying. If your habits don't line up, when time and opportunity collide, you'll miss it. Father, you hear me and you always hear me. And I thank you now that in this moment we would be everything that you have ordained for us to be before the foundation of the earth. We thank you God that we are living in a time and a place where time and opportunity or chance as Ecclesiastes says has collided and I declare that in this time we are 100% everything that we confess every week. We don't do it out of habit. We don't do it out of religious sanctimoniosity but we do it because we are convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that if we decree a thing that thing shall be established for us. I'm not speaking to losers. i I'm not speaking to mistakes. I'm not speaking to failures. But I'm ministering into the very hearts of kings and priests. And it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. On your way down, half five, two or three people and say, we are 100%. We are 100%, 100%, 100%. Please understand this, that many times you can do things, and when you do things out of habit, it produces lethargy. It makes what you do and what you say uh, void. a uh, matter of fact, you can even do spiritual things purely out of habit, and it makes those things void. You can pray, but if you pray only out of habit, not out of principle, and not out of conviction, whatever you're praying has no power, it has no weight, because you didn't really mean what you said. Anybody ever been dealing with somebody that their interaction with you was purely based off of their habitual nature with you? And so they said, I loved you. But what they really meant was, I love you until. You're not hearing what I'm saying. And so we operate now where we we are creatures of habit. We're people of habit. Matter of fact, habits are very important because habits determine your future. Your habits determine your character. Your character determines your future. But now watch this. Uh, There are three areas that I find that many times we do things out of habit. Say habit. And not out of passion or conviction. Uh, The Holy Spirit does not condemn, He convicts. And conviction simply means out of passion. There are certain things that if somebody tells you it hurts them when you do it because of conviction or because of your passion for that individual, you shouldn't do it, even if it's something you do habitually. Are you still here? Uh, watch this. The first thing I find that we do out of habit is we say, I love you. And many times you say, I love you to people and you do it purely based out of habit, but you have no concept of what you're saying to somebody. Since the scripture says God is love, when you tell somebody I love you, you're really saying I got you. And if you don't understand the ramifications of what you say, you'll say things like I love you and you won't have any meaning behind it because you're doing it out of habit because you tell everybody you've known for two months you love them. Are you still here? The second thing we do out of habit is we have passionless praise and worship because you say hallelujah, which is the highest praise, but it's not the highest praise if it's only out of habit. If your praise and worship is purely habitual. Habitual means there's no passion to it. There's no conviction to it. You're simply doing it because it's what you do. The music is going real good, and the symbols are going real hard, and so you shout because that's what you do out of habit. Then you're nothing more than an animal because animals can do things out of habit. But God has equipped you and I that we can do things out of conviction. Say conviction. Uh, the third thing we do out of habit is how we serve God and attend church. You forget that it's a privilege and think that it's a right. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to come to church. You get to come to church. And the sooner you get that in your mind and get that in your spirit, you start to see results manifest in your life. The reason why some of you sit up in here and look at me like you've been baptized in pickle juice is because you're an habitual Christian that practices atheism. You say there's a God, but you do not live like one. You do not act like there's one, and you don't love people like there's one. And you want to sit up in here and act like a victim, I feel the, hurt, and act like a victim, like somebody's supposed to be sorry for you. Guess what? I got news. Everybody done been through something this week. Everybody done been cheated on. Everybody's been lied about. Ain't nothing special about you. Are you still here? Now watch this, we make bold confessions every week that we are 100% tithers and 100% debt free and 100% favored and 100% loving and 100% blessed and 100% excellent and 100% kingdom. But are we making those simply because we've memorized them or because we believe them? You say you love God, love people and love life, but is that because you know I'm going to do that when it's time for the benediction? Somebody shout not out of habit. I told you on Watch Night that this is our time and this is our moment. Watch this. When time and opportunity or chance collide, you are living in what's called a kairos moment. Say that. kairos moment. Ancient Greek, which much of your New Testament uh, is written out of, and of course dialects of Hebrew, like Aramaic, which Jesus spoke, had two words for time. The first word the Greeks had for time was chronos. Say chronos. It's where we get our word chronological, which means sequential time. It means one thing after the other. Two comes after one. Three comes after two. Four comes after three. Uh, Watch this. Chronos time had a natural progression to it, which meant there was no involvement from any other force except the fact that time itself existed by itself. Please understand, whether or not you believe it or pray it or not, tomorrow, Monday's coming. Why? Because in the chronos of time, Monday's after Sunday. Whether you believe it or not, after Monday, whether you die, whether you're here or not, Tuesday's going to come after Monday. See, when you understand chronos time, you'll get over some of the stuff you've been letting hold you up because you'll look at some situations and say, this has got an expiration date on it. This thing ain't permanent. This thing ain't forever because after this, there's got to be something greater. Baby, you may hurt me on Friday, but I guarantee you, watch me wake up on Saturday because there's sequential time. There's chronos of time. Chronos, watch this. It's quantitative time. Quantity. But then the second kind of time the ancient Greeks used was kairos. Say kairos. Now I'm saying that with a little country vernacular. It's like kairos. For those of you trying to spell it, K A I R O S. It means this the appointed time in the purpose of God. It's qualitative. chronos, quantity. Kairos, quality which means your neighbor may have more chronos than you but they may not have more Kairos than you. Some people think just because they've been around for a long time that they got Kairos time but really they've just been here a long time uh, now watch this say Kairos Watch this, Kairos, it's used one time in the New Testament in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. And it says this, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So when Jesus, he says, the fullness of time has come, he said, now it is a Kairos moment where heaven divinely interrupts what's going on in earth and my appointed time is happening. Now notice this, it does not require any Chronos to have Kairos. So it doesn't take you having to be saved 15 years for you to live in Kairos. I've seen people get saved and 15 days later they're walking in Kairos. So my question to you is do you want to be a 40-year saint or an 11-day saint? Now the choice is yours. Half-time. somebody said the choice is yours. He said the fullness of time has come. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Now here's what tripped me out about that verse. He had to convince them to believe the gospel. The gospel in its simplest form means good news. Why is it so hard for people to believe good news? If I was sitting up in here talking about how the devil's been busy and how the devil's been on your track and all of this, folk would be going crazy and tearing the church up. Because they have this this infatuation that is demonic in nature with an enemy that's only got bad news to tell you. So Jesus, when he said in a Kairos moment, you got to understand there's going to be a lot of good news coming your way. But stop talking yourself out of your good news because you're married to your misery. Touch your neighbor, say divorce your misery. How long are you going to have the same issues you walked in here with and blame your mama for them and blame your daddy for them? How long are you going to, you're not saying nothing, preach, Bishop. How long are you going to have the same dysfunctions in your bloodline before somebody makes a decision? This has got to change. How about somebody say, this has got to change, man? This this has been going on for too long, and just because it's been happening doesn't mean it's supposed to happen. When are you going to step out of Kronos and get into Kairos? Don't you think your life has to be filled with drama and mess and strife all day long? I'm here to tell you, when you realize time and opportunity have collided. Are you here? Watch this. Watch this. Harvest. Are you here? No, 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 no. watch this. In essence, kairos means, that's a wrap. If 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 you've ever... If you've ever watched uh, the production of a movie, I used to do movies, believe it or not, I used to be an actor. Believe it or not, me and Denzel, we used to work on projects all the time. He would just be in the other studio. I was in the Denver studio. He was in the uh, L.A. studio. We didn't meet that much, but uh, we both acted. And uh, I got tapes to prove it. But watch this now, watch this. If you've ever been on a set... I remember I was filming a movie one time and I was in caves. I was running in and out of caves and I was in a gold mine and all this kind of thing. It was cold and they got me there all night long talking about we need to get that shot one more time. I said, man, you should have got it the first time. You need to get in k ropes, man. (laughs) And as I'm doing that, watch this. As I'm doing that, uh, at the end of it, the director said, wow, that was great. That's a wrap. In essence, he said, it took us all of this time to get this 30 seconds worth of usable footage so Cairo says that's a wrap but at the same time it says action your neighbors a little they're they're working on it they're still waking up this morning Cairo says I'm putting an end to some stuff in my life but at the same time I'm putting an end to the drama in my life I'm saying action on what God has purposed for my life Shout Keros! Now watch this. Now watch this. Uh, we make bold confessions every time we gather to worship. Here's what we're saying when we say all that stuff, 100%. Uh, we're saying Keros come. Shout that out. K-Rose. Now if you knew that what you thought would take you 40 years would only take you 11 days, you wouldn't play with what I'm about to tell you. Because somebody has convinced you that it takes you 40 years to get there. Somebody has convinced you it's going to take you a good lifetime before you can get there. And I'm here to tell you that if you'll just make a decision to allow Kairos, you got to allow it. Touch your neighbor, say allow it. If you'll make a decision to allow it, time and opportunity will collide for you. Ecclesiastes, he said, I found out that the bread isn't given to the one that necessarily deserves it. I found out that the one that's rich isn't the one that necessarily deserves it or even worked for it. He, he, he says, he says, "But I found out that time and chance happened to them all. Which means while you're sitting up having a pity party for yourself, baby, you better put them tissues in the trash and you better pick yourself up, dust your shoulders off and say, "Wait a minute, this is a Keros moment for me. Shout, it's a Kairos moment for me. Now watch this, watch this. Many people miss Kairos because they're looking for some big earthquake to happen. God, if it's you, let my boss when I walk in, let them, let them say they quitting and they recommended me for that job. And Lord, if it's you, and God says your problem is I'm not in the fire, I'm not in the earthquake, I'm in a still small voice that tells you this is it. Help, this is it. You've waited your whole life to get to this place. Now what are you going to do with it? You sat up and said if I just have the right knowledge, if I just had somebody to teach me, if I just had a mentor, if I just had the right teacher, you got it now. So what are you doing with it? Yeah. Shall we are 100%. Yeah. Uh, now watch this, watch this, watch this. The first thing we say every week, we are 100% tithers. Write that down. If you're not writing, then just pretend like it so it makes me feel good. Hallelujah. Uh, watch this. We are 100% tithers. Shout that. We are 100% tithers. Now we say that every week and some people think it's meant uh, explicitly for their neighbor. Malachi 3, 8 through 10 amplified. Write it down. Says this. Will a man rob God or defraud God? Uh, yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, how do we rob and defraud you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income, into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house, and prove me or test me now on this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. Here's what I need you to see. The reason we say we're 100% tithers is because, watch this, when everybody's doing the same thing at the same time, God releases a special empowerment over places where he sees one. I said this to you on Wednesday. God looks for one. He is not trying to look for bunches of individuals. He's trying to look for one. I said this on Wednesday. I'll say it again. The reason some of you can't get your prayers answered is because when God looks at you, he doesn't see one. He sees three. Your spirit wants to do something different than your soul, which is your mind, thought, will, and emotions. And your emotions are totally contrary to your flesh. And so now you've got a quandary on your hands because you've got three people trying to pray. And they're each praying something different. And so you're trying to figure out, why isn't God answering my prayer? Because he doesn't just hear what you say. He heard what the other two parts of you said too. Did you ever know that you could say more without saying anything? And so you can sit up and say all day, Lord, I just thank you for the victory. And he's saying, but your flesh don't want it, and your soul don't want it. So the only thing you're doing to me is you're just letting me know, James chapter 1, that you're double-minded. And so I cannot answer that prayer because I got three different petitions. Lord, if you'll get me out of debt. But then your flesh says, well, but you know you want them Gucci boots. And so you go and you get them Gucci boots. And so your spirit and your flesh and your soul are saying three different things. And God says, I can't answer that because I don't know which one to answer. So God says, I only look where there's unity. Say unity. Now, here's what I need you to see about the text in Malachi. He says, you are robbing me, even this whole nation. So watch this. Watch this. God says. Whenever one chain in the links of chain chooses to rob me, I cannot release the corporate flow the way I want to release it because you think your actions only affect you. But God says, even this whole nation will be affected because of your actions. In the Hebrew culture, they called that communal sin. Well, they mean, if, if they knew that somebody else was doing something, they took it as their own personal business. Matter of fact, the rabbis would get the deacons and the deacons would go to somebody's house and they would say, wait a minute, Craig, you got to get this straight. Because you ain't going to be bringing no communal sin up in here, getting us messed up. Because since we know now we're guilty of it, too. So look at your neighbor and say, if you won't tithe for yourself, do it for me. The second thing we say every week is we're 100% debt-free. Now, debt equals this. It means this, according to Merriam-Webster. It means a state of owing. You are in a state of owing. You are in debt. It means something owed or an obligation, and it also means sin or trespass. If you're trying to take notes, just get the CD because I'm going a little today. I got a lot of ground to cover. Debt is more than just money, but anything owed. See, you'll get a little arrogant when you don't owe anybody any money, but you fail to realize you owed somebody honor. And because you owed somebody honor, you're in more debt than the one that has financial problems. Romans 13, the scripture says, owe no man anything except to love him. In essence, he was saying you will be indebted to people that you fail to honor that are deserving of your honor so you're sitting up saying, well, we're doing mighty good. We don't owe nobody nothing. You fool. You're in billions of dollars in debt because you are mean and cantankerous and curt, and you fail to honor. Y'all ain't saying nothing on Sunday. I should have saved this for Wednesday, but I'm already in another series on Wednesday. So you got to get it today. Oh, no man, anything but to love him. What's this? So you can have millions of dollars and spiritual debt because you fail to honor one another. I don't know them nothing. I ain't going to say none of them. I ain't going to treat them right. You see how they did me? You see what they said to me? I don't owe them nothing. And God says, you have failed to honor, so you are in debt. And you sitting up saying, well, but I got all this money in my bank. And God says, as far as I'm concerned, you're broke. Because you have an honor problem. Don't you think that you can dishonor your parents? Quiet in the church. You ain't got to say nothing to me. Young people, y'all better shout because I feel a getting off the stage spirit coming. I got to stay up here for the screen. Watch this here. Don't you think that you can be successful and leave your mama the one that put everything out for you? To where she's begging and pleading and you shouldn't run high. You are in debt. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You don't don't, don't don't for one second. You need to get this tape sent it all around the country. Don't you for one second think, well, you know, I'm doing good, and you know, if you dishonor your mama, on, hear me and hear me well. God says you are in debt. I don't care if she did a half to put together a job. You ain't got the fellowship with her, just send her a little money every now and then. And say, I don't want to talk to you because you're crazy, but here's some money. I said, shout hallelujah. some of them you don't fool with them cause they're crazy I understand pray for her, believe she's gonna get saved send us some CDs, send us some money you cannot dishonor the place where you receive life and think that God is gonna allow you to succeed next thing we say is we're 100% loving John 13:35 says by this all men shall know that you are my disciples or students if you have l- love one to another. And here's what I found out. The saints it's easy for them to be nice to the world, but some reason they they have a problem being nice to one another. And so, and so you're going to be nice to the boss that cusses you out and talks to you crazy. And then the person that tries to love you and do nice to you in church. Well, I'm offended. I don't believe they talk to me like that. I know. You better put that bottle of Trano down and check yourself into AA because you need to understand. He said, you'll be known as one of my disciples, not because of how you love them, but because of how you love one another. Now, we're supposed to love the world, so don't misunderstand that. But he says they're going to know your mind because of how you treat one another. You'll walk right up in here and won't say nothing to nobody because you're mad about something that happened to you on your way here. You better get a reality check and understand. Ain't none of this got nothing to do with you. You've come to bless and lift the name of God. He he, he says, Harvest, we are known for our love. And sometimes being known for love means you have to love the hello out of people. Don't you forget where you came from and start looking down at your nose at other people because they got some issues right now. You've only been out of your issues for two weeks. Don't you start tripping like that, like you have arrived and you're somebody. Your stuff stain too. Walking in here with an arrogance like you're somebody and somebody better notice you and somebody better pay you some attention. This isn't about you. Our first time guests, amen. Please come back next week. I got a very encouraging word for you. In Mark 2, Jesus heals a paralyzed man when four other men carry him to see Jesus. And Jesus starts out by calling the man son. Jesus gave him identity. And there are people around you that need you to tell them who they are. Quit cussing at the darkness and speak life. They know they're crazy. Quit telling them that. you just a mighty man of valor. You know that? Quit telling your kids, oh, that's just my baby. That's why they act like that. Because that's your baby. So they never came off the nipple. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You better loose them and let them grow. Are you still here? There are people around you that need you to tell them who they are. They're sitting at your job and you sit up with your religiously sanctimonious self, reading your Bible and seeping to yourself when you need to look over them and say, do you know God loves you? Do you know God has a plan for your life? I know you got to get your word, but when are you going to stop getting focused on you and start focusing on other people around you? You are a superhero. You are an ambassador. An ambassador cannot be successful if they're always trying to cover themselves. You don't have to cover yourself. He's given you a covering. Are you here? Watch this. The next thing we say is we're 100% favored. Shout that. Favored means preferential treatment. It means to be graced to do something by God. It means to be anointed to do something. In everything you do, you must be graced. There's some folk that you're going to have to love that if he doesn't grace you, you ain't going to be able to do it. Trust me. There's some situations in life you're going to have to face that if you're not graced to face them, you're going to be locked up. They got you locked up. Listen, you're going to be locked up. I had a situation. Let me just go and be transparent since your neighbor won't. I, I had a situation last week, uh, and some folk had, had, had done wrong, and they messed with my uh, financial remuneration. They messed with my money. And, uh, and they were trying to say, they said, well, Mr. Foreman, this and this, and you owe this, and then I said, no, 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 <laughs> see, now you try that on somebody else, but see, now, no, you can't try that with me. And so all this happened. And so I thought we had the situation fixed. And then and then, as soon as I thought we had the situation fixed, then I, I received contact that, that said otherwise. And so I looked at it and I looked at this thing and said, oh, and they backdated it. To make it look, like, I said, oh, no. I said, now, Lord, it's supposed to be my day off. It's supposed to be my time to relax. I just serve the Lord with gladness. And now y'all want to start something. But you don't realize you're barking up the wrong tree. Because this tree fights back. Don't you let nobody think you're supposed to be a pushover and a walkover and a doormat because you're a Christian. And they'll try to make you feel guilty if you stand up. Don't you let them play you. So I went in there. I went in there. My workout clothes on. I said, now look here. And they said, oh, sir. I said, no, baby. You had a chance to be honest. You're dishonest. You're a liar. So I need to talk to who you report to. And then they're going to tell me. Let me tell you what they told me. They're going to tell me, no. We'll handle it. I said, oh, baby. Lord, forgive her. She knows not. What's my point? I could have walked in there crazy. I walked in there and said, listen, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. Now, you were dishonest. And, and, and here's proof of your dishonesty. Now, I could have walked in there acting crazy, calling the news, getting the police coming. Y'all know, don't, don't act like that with me. You got the call folks. You calling your cousin. Like, what they going to do? So, <laughs> come up here with me. What they going to do? Man, I need a witness. They're a biased witness. <laughs> not going to work. But I walked in there. I handled it. I said, listen, now I've been patient with you all for several months, almost a year. I've been very patient. You said you'd get this corrected. It's not been corrected. I said, you got to get it corrected. I went in there, but you know what I did first? I said, Lord, grace me. So that I don't let Adam pop up and I make a bad showing for you. And then the lady, see the enemy, he tested me too because he's like, okay, I'm going to make her a little cantankerous, little feisty thing. And so she just was just kept gnawing and gnawing and clawing and clawing. clawing. I said, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Why? Because I've been graced to deal with you. I've been favored to deal with you. And so while you're trying to raise my pressure, I feel fine. You got to look at some folks and say, listen, you're not going to get the best out of me. You're not going to get a rise out of me. I know you just want to see me go off so that you can say, look, I knew they were going to do it. No, you're not going to get that out of me. I'm 100% favored. I'm graced to deal with this. I walked in there, and you know what the kingdom got? The kingdom got some converts. The kingdom got some converts because I said, Lord, grace me so that I say exactly what needs to be said so that even me not knowing what they need to hear, they'll hear it. Are y'all still here? Watch this. Matthew 634 says this. Do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties for its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. Watch this. I was telling the men on the road this, this a couple of weeks ago. Each day has built into it trouble. Each day has built-in trouble. And now watch this. Now the question is, who made the day? Well, the Bible tells you who made the day. This is the day that the. Now, so God made the day, and in the day, he put sufficient trouble for the day. Because he said, I know for them to get what they need out of this day, they're going to need this to push them over here, this to push them over here, this to happen over here, this to happen over here. But I made it that way. I set it up like that because I know that they needed it. So watch this. You cannot operate off of yesterday's bread today. Give us this day our daily bread. Which means God, thank you for what you told me to get me through yesterday. But today I need a brand new grace, a brand new favor, a brand new mercy to cover me for this day. Shout this day. This day. Hallelujah. Because this day has built into it sufficient trouble for its own. So now you don't want to add no trouble to it by being disobedient. If it's already got built in trouble. You don't want to add to that. Touch your neighbor say, don't add to that. Don't don't be foolish now. Don't add to it. The next thing we say is 100% blessed. Deuteronomy 28 8 says, the Lord shall command. Say command. The blessing upon you in your storehouse and into all that you undertake and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now watch this. Storehouse is an Old Testament typology of the New Testament church or the place of spiritual nourishment. Watch this. The text says... I will command the blessing on you at your job. No. The the text says I will command the blessing on you while you at home. No. Oh, that's right. The text says I will command the blessing on you if you get in a relationship. No. The text says I'll command the blessing on you if you stay single. No. The text says I'm going to command the blessing on you here. Okay, your, your neighbor didn't get it, so let me say it a little bit uh, with a little simplicity to it. Let me read it now, amplify it. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you at the church. Got that? Okay. That's why everything that could possibly come to stop you from getting here, because here is where the blessing is commanded. It's not commanded out there. It's commanded in here. You're not hearing what I'm saying. That's why when something comes against you to keep you from getting here, you got to say to yourself, wait a minute. There must be an extra blessing that God has provided for me because he only commands the blessing in one place, and that's here. What your Bible says, it said it before you got here. Watch this. So... He'll do everything he can to keep you from getting here. But watch this. Worse though, if you're here, but you're only here out of habit. Because you got to clock in for the week. And not passion or conviction. You being here, watch this, is void. Why? What does our text say at Mark? You make it void because you do it out of tradition or pattern, or habit. And let me be very clear through here. It does not mean, because there are different people you grow up different ways. Some of you grew up in homes where you went to church every week. You could have been at Club Sugar Daddy until 4 o'clock Sunday morning. But I'm telling you, by 9.30 in the morning, you were at somebody's church. You may not have even been able to be up the whole time. Your eyes may have still been glazed over. But you made sure you were at somebody's church on Sunday because you were raised that way. But you did it out of habit, not out of conviction, which means God says all you did was fill the seat. Now, let me be clear, because I know how y'all minds work in Denver. That's not to say that if that's where you are in your walk, that you don't continue there. Well, you know, I just, you know, I ain't living right. so I just wait till I get right to go to church. But then you might as well just check out now. You do not get your life straight to come to church. What fool go get they fix themselves up, then call the ambulance? I was bleeding, but I stitched myself up and fixed myself real good. But y'all come and check on me. You do not get your stuff together before you come to church. You come to church so God can radically transform your life. Why? Because He says, I've commanded the blessing. Shout, it's been commanded. It's been commanded. So some of you may say, well, Bishop, I don't see it. Well, are you doing it out of habit? Because if you're doing it out of habit and tradition, then there is no commanded blessing for you. Why? Because you made the word void. No effect. Are you getting this? So when you're giving your offering, if you, well, I just give an extra 50 every two weeks. This is what I do. And you're only doing it out of habit. And there's no conviction there. Then you make the word void. Which means everything we do for God. What are the say in Ecclesiastes? Do it with might. Which means. If I've got to do the same routine. Every single day. I'm going to do it with might. See the habits not bad. The spirit behind habits is what can make it bad. Just like some of you are in the habit of telling people you love them. And the truth is, is you don't. But it's just what you say. Hey, God bless you, God bless you. Hey, man, I love you. Okay, you love me. So then why then, when there was an issue, your love didn't come up? Why don't you let your love come down? If you love me, there are no limits. Unless you don't love me. Now, say 100% blessed. Where is he commanded that blessing? Here. That's just that simple. So you can think, you can get it out there. Let me know how that works out. You can think, well, you know, I know I miss church, but you know, you know, I got to get out there and make that money. That's why, that's why you don't have enough. Say amen. Amen. That's why you don't have enough. That's the problem. So what happens is it becomes cyclical. You'll never have enough. So you'll always have to miss the place he's commanded the blessing because you're trying to go make what he says, I'll give. Your job is not for your living. It is for your giving. And when you stop working to make a living, but start working to make a giving, you'll never see like, do I have any witnesses that can testify. Bishop, you're right about it. Watch this. I'm about through. Next thing we say, we're 100% excellent. Say excellent. Excellent. Excellence is a lifestyle, and it is what God expects. He expects excellence. It should not be to where excellence is something that is unique. Of course, though, in the very study and the etymology of excellence, excellence deals with the fact that everybody's not excellence. That's what makes it excellent. But the truth of the matter is, is that in the kingdom, excellence is supposed to be average. I said it so fast, your neighbor missed it. In the kingdom, excellence is supposed to be average. Because everybody's supposed to be excellent. See, so if everybody is it, then it makes it average. Say excellence is a lifestyle. Which means this, I can't put on and take off lifestyle. It's what I do. So we sing that song, praise is what I do, praise is what I do. Well, is it? Here's the neighbor say, show sure enough. Well, says Philippians 1.10 says that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you can be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. He says this, that you may approve those things which are excellent, which means when you see stuff in your life that's not excellent, stop approving it. Got real quiet in the church right there. Which means, listen, excellence is not about perfection. Because what you'll try to do if you're trying to be perfect is you'll set a standard you'll never be able to meet. That's what the law did. The law, those 613 mitzvah and the halcala and mishnah and talmud, they set unrealistic expectations for people. You get defeated when you set unrealistic expectations for yourself and can't meet them. So you're talking about, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in two weeks. Uh, and I know ways to do it. But I don't know if you want to go that far to do it. You don't want to be like Gator. Now watch this. Y'all know about that. Uh, watch this. Watch this. He says, approve those things that are excellent, which by its nature means, deductive logic, disapprove of those things that lack excellence. So that means you've got to start policing yourself to an effect. To where when you're late but nobody notices it because you just slip in, you judge yourself and say, now this isn't excellence. You're not hearing what I'm saying. To where when something was given to you to do, but nobody else knows it. But you say to yourself, this is an excellence. So I've got to correct this because excellence is a lifestyle. It's what he expects. Daniel was promoted not because he had the best degree, not because he had the best knowledge, not because he had the right hookups, not because he had the right connections, but because he was excellent. And because he was excellent, the Bible says Darius promoted and favored him over everybody else that were more qualified, had the right degrees, had the right education, had the right credentials, knew the right people in HR, and all of that. But God says, if there is an excellent spirit on you, I'll see to it that you get promoted to places you've got no business being. Anybody testify about the fact that when you started to become excellent in your life, that you began to see things change and people began to look at you differently and you. He expects it. Excellence is supposed to be average in the kingdom. Do you understand? We, We get surprised when people keep their word. It ought not be that way. You have lunch with somebody in your family and you know they're habitually late and so when they're on time, you shot. shocked. Like, oh my Lord. God is faithful. Did I miss, did Jesus come? I missed him, my God. Shout out 100%. 100%. Here's the last one and I'm through. We say every week, I'm 100% kingdom. And we shout it. Carolyn says, "What are the best in kingdom. <laughs> Hallelujah. She does a great job. I'm, I'm just giving her a hard time. Amen. But, watch this, but watch this. We shout it, but do we understand what we're saying? Because if we shout it out of habit, we could be saying something crazy. Are you here? I remember there was a kid one time I was sitting in a waiting room. And there was a kid one time who apparently just learned the word intercourse. But watch this, he didn't know what it meant. He thought it meant a spaceship. Bless his heart. And so this, this kid is, is playing with these spaceships while he's in a waiting room. His mother's getting some kind of procedure in a medical office or something. And he's playing with these spaceships. And he's saying, This intercourse is. And him just having it's just him and another kid, and they just saying, "Did you get that intercourse, man?" And <laughs> pick that intercourse up, and he thought spaceships were intercourse. And I'm sitting there, listening, I said, "Oh, bless his heart. Where's this boy's mama?" I said, "Son, no, that's spaceship. That's spaceship intercourse." You know. <laughs> He's looking at me like something wrong with me. <laughs> like, no, sir, this is an intercourse. I don't, know, I, I don't know what a spaceship is. He kept saying it, and he did not know what he was saying. Now watch this. Let's fast forward and pretend like he's 30 years old, and he's saying stuff, and he doesn't know what he's saying. You shout out, Lord, if you can use anybody, you can use me. But do you know what you're saying? Say, Lord, hear my Lord, send me. Okay, he got to kill you first. Not literally, Denver. That means he's got to crucify you first first, because he can't use live folk. Paul said it's no longer I that lives, but not Christ that lives through me. So watch this. When we shout kingdom, Matthew 11 and 13 11 and 12 rather says and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent and the violent take it by force. Now, look at the neighbor and say, you're violent for the kingdom. Now, what is the kingdom? What? Heaven's attributes on earth. It is God's MO, his modus operandi, that's how he does what he does. We operate by a system called the kingdom. Now watch this. The, the kingdom means this. Violent men and women take it by what? Force. Shout force. force. Shout it like direct TV overcharger. Oh Jesus, look at <laughs> now. Here's what I can't understand, and I'm totally through. Why is it that you can have great passion, great fervor about that stuff? I, I was watching yesterday, preseason started and my beloved Titans were playing and you know and we praying for Tebow. Amen. Y'all win? I'm a fan. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> and I was watching how 50,000 people filled the stadium for a game that doesn't count to watch people play who have no names, as it were, in the league. They're saying the name to these people. I'm like, who is that? And who is that? And who is he? And I'm like, I have never seen him before. He looked too smart. That boy fresh out of high school. What's this? What's this? They were passionate. So much so, they participate in something that had no value. It doesn't count. It doesn't mean anything. There are people right now that miss church today. Because they want to see Tebow play. They play today, right? But you know, they figure they got to get there early. But now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I need you to get the point. But what is it going to take for God to get you to have that same passion and same fervor And same violence for him. Parents, somebody mess with your child, you want to fight. And truth is, you know they're guilty. You just didn't like the idea of somebody else trying to correct them. Say hallelujah. Watch this. The kingdom suffers violence. Here's what that means. You're not just going to stumble into a kingdom life thank you Jesus I just woke up and I was there you're gonna have to be violent about it violent means in its simplest form focused and unwavering the most committed always wins I I was watching uh, I like watching biographies because I like to see the stories of people and George Foreman's biography was on Everybody asked me, are you related to Jordan? I said, perhaps. <laughs> what is he going to do for me? I'm, I'm joking. I say, I say, uh, they, I was watching his biography. They were talking about his story and how he was undervalued and how he got out and how he began to win these championships and he began to do all of this and and, and he became the heavyweight champion of the world. He only kept it for a year, but then he came back after years of retirement. And he came back, I think he was like 38 when he came back. And they said, How is it that you're going to get the championship? You're 38. There's not going to be any way that you're going to be able to fight. And you're fighting guys that are 23 and 24 and all of this. And George said, But I was more committed than them. It is not the size of the dog in the fight it is the size of the fight that's in the dog when we say every week we're 100% kingdom what we're saying is god i will be focused and unwavering concerning what you've promised me and concerning your word so until i see that manifest I'm going to get up every day and say today might just be the day because I'm more committed. And since I'm committed, I've got to win. The most committed one wins. If 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 you're in any kind of a situation in life, just remember that the most committed always wins. So now watch this, Harvest. We say these things every week. Now you know what they mean but I need to challenge us to step to a place to where these things are more than just something we say. But it's who we are. I'm here to tell you, you're not average. You're not just anybody. You're not just going through life as a bump on a log. You have been handpicked by God to represent him in the earth. Now, if you were handpicked by President Obama to do something, you'd be shouting about it. You'd be calling Mama Nim. You'd be having special family reunions to tell everybody in the family how good you do it, even though they said you was not going to do nothing. But God says, I've made you an ambassador for me. Where's your fire? Where's your passion? Where's it at? Oh, or does it have to be pumped out of you? Come on, everybody, lift your hands. Come on, everybody, cap your hands. Come on, everybody, lift them up. Come on, everybody, move to the side. Come on, everybody, rock this way. Come on, everybody, jump. Come on, everybody, move. Come on, everybody, let's do this. Come on, let's do the hop. Come on, let's do the bump. Come on, everybody, let's do the network. Come on, everybody, let's do this. Come on, let's just for Jesus. Why does it take gimmicks? It shouldn't. Unless we're only doing it out of habit. Some of you, you, you're fasting on Wednesday, but it's not a fast anymore because you do it habitually. It means you've trained your body to be able to do it. And so you already know it's not even an issue for you. It's not even a stretch anymore. You, you do that. Matter of fact, you say, I can do that Thursday through Wednesday through Saturday. Good. Then that's what you need to do. Because it's not a fast unless it's a challenge. Bishop, what do you mean challenge? Not challenge in the sense that we're, oh God, I need a cheeseburger. No. Challenge in the sense that I'm doing this out of my passion and my conviction. Ladies, holla at me. Now, all of y'all holla at me. For all of y'all that want to be loved average. Come on, holla, 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 holla. Come on, holla. Holla. You want, you want to be loved average. Come on. Holla. Come on now. Holler. If you only want to be faithful halftime. Come on, holler. Make some noise. Men, make some noise. I want all the men that want her to have you and another boo, holler at me. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. He robbed from her to pay for you. Come on, holler. Huh? Oh, y'all don't want to holler for that? Then why do you think heaven should holler over your mediocrity? Now, I went a little Wednesday night on you right there. But Harvest, I want to challenge us to come up higher. Not just doing things out of habit. That's why we've changed things around with the service. We changed offering around last week. Some of y'all, oh my God. Bishop forgot. <laughs> and then you'll call somebody after church, God just blessed me. I got an extra $400 this week. Harvest. Harvest. We are 100%. Stand on your feet. Let's say it together. Don't look at your communique.